desperate times call for desperate measures. In one of the longest and fiercest battles of the war, Separatist forces are on the verge of claiming the planet Malastare. If the Republic loses this planet, it will cost them vital fuel resources necessary for maintaining their armies. In a final effort to turn the tide of this battle, Supreme Chancellor Palpatine has authorized the use of the Republic's newest weapon, the Electro-Proton Bomb. Now at the Imperial Palace of Dojurus, the leader of the Dogs, the Jedi count down the minutes until the detonation of their doomsday device. Vartigar, welcome to this Zillow Beast bombing episode of Mandovision, Nargai Tom, and thank you so much for checking this small, independent Star Wars podcast. Remember, the best way to reach out to us is always at social media, at Mando underscore Vision on Twitter and Instagram. You can email the show, MandovisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like, subscribe, and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert, and if possible, so inclined. And on Apple Podcasts, please, five-star reviews. Another great way to help support the show without having to spend a single dime of your own money. We truly, truly appreciate it. Those those reviews are the best way to help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle, and continue our path to intergalactic domination. But, you know, in a more beloved, benevolent style, excuse me, than that of the Galactic Empire. No, thank you, sir. We're not tyrants. We're just MandoVision. That's all we are. Well, I said it already. We're here to talk about The Zillow Beast, Season 2, Episode 18 of Star Wars The Clone Wars, original air date April 9th, 2010. And you know this episode. It is a, a, a an homage to Godzilla, to the monster movies of yore. Uh, you know, obviously... They set this one up. It's very much an allegory for, for nuclear weapons of the Star Wars variety. And, and, you know, again, in Godzilla, you know, an allegory for the nuclear weapons of our world, uh, a story of the atomic age the, and, and the dangers and the, the uh, risks of, of meddling with atomic superpower. Uh, so, so, yeah, this is a Star Wars take on that. This is a Star Wars kind of, again, paying homage in, in, in a very... A loving way because it, it's not ignoring the allegory. It's not ig- ignoring uh, the metaphor that Godzilla was at the time when it came out in 1954. So a, a neat episode in that regards, and and um, one that I I, I I generally liked quite a bit. And I can't wait to talk about uh, part two when we when we kind of see what happens after this episode uh, because this is just the beginning of the Zillow Beast. And uh, yeah, we won't get too far ahead of ourselves by talking about what happens in the second episode. Uh, but this is a strong one. I do really, really enjoy this episode. And that Zilla Beast, that Zilla Beast, so misunderstood. He has those silly, silly legs. That's, <laughs> that's my only criticism of the Zilla Beast is I don't know how he stands and gets around on those legs of his. <laughs> but let's talk about the plot for this week. You know, I, I kind of laid it out. 
When the Republic detonates a powerful electro-proton bomb to settle the Battle of Malastare, it accidentally wakens an ancient and thought to be extinct Zillow Beast. And yeah, the Battle of Malastare, we've got some Dugs going on. You know, Dugs, the, the, the people that, that Sebulba has come from. We all know Sebulba, the dirty pod racer. And when I say dirty, I mean like because he cheats. He throws parts at people. That's not cool. That's not winning above board. This episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars is, of course, uh, directed by Giancarlo Volpe. He's done a fantastic job on the series by and large. And uh, I think he's really stood out on some pretty nice episodes for this season as well. The episode is written by uh, Craig Titley with supervising writer Drew Z. Greenberg. Our cast for this week. Terrence T.C. Carson as Mace Windu. Matt Lanter is Anakin Skywalker. Greg Baldwin as Doe Guras and the Dugs. Ian Abercrombie as Chancellor Palpatine. Dee Bradley Baker as the Clone Troopers. Kara Pilfko as Dr. Sonavir Bowl. Tom Kane, the narrator. Matthew Wood as the Battle Droids and the Tactical Droids. The first voice you're going to hear in this clip that we're going to play in just a moment uh, is, is Dr. Sonavir Bowl. She's going to come on and talk about the bomb and the dangers, it, well, or the effects it will have on the droid army and how it will not have any effects on the clones or the dugs on, the, on Malastare. Uh, Son of our Ball is a bival. Now, that is a species that we are not super, super familiar with um, in general. They are uh, from the planet Proto-Branch. They are, it's deep in the, in the galactic core. And uh, bivals make good physicians, political advisors, researchers, and scientists. So we've seen a couple of bi- bivals at this point in, in the series, but I did want to point that out. So this clip will be, will be laying out the groundwork for the episode. So... Yeah, you know, you know we're going to set it all up for you before we knock it down. So that's what we're going to do. Now, we're going to get the show proper started right now. And, and you know, I don't like to say that we have a lot of rules on the podcast. Uh, because, uh, you know, rules are... I, 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 I can't remember all the rules. So let's, we try not to have any. We just try to have fun. Fun, talking about Star Wars, and, and having a good time. That's kind of like the, the loose rules of the podcast. But there's one thing that I do insist on before we start every episode. I think you know what it is, but if you're a new listener, maybe you don't. So here it is. Strap on your buckets. Let's go. I won't allow my people to become separatist slaves. I assure you, Dozierus, that will not happen. Dr. Ball has stated that only droids will be affected by the bomb's electron field. Yes, The clones and your people will be quite safe. We have accounted for every probable outcome. It's the improbable that concerns me, Doctor. There must be other options. I'm afraid not. This bomb is our only hope of victory now. This is a really strong episode for Mace Windu, in my opinion. He seems to be the only one who seems to be considering the ramifications of using this weapon uh, and and what it may mean in the the long term. Like, Like... this kind of weapon of, of mass destruction must have other consequences. It can't simply render the enemy useless and inert and, and there not be some kind of fallout from that. And he seems to be the, be the only one thinking in, in, in sort of three-dimensional terms here. Everyone is more, is more about you know destroying the enemy and securing the fuel supply that the Republic will so desperately need to continue the war effort. So I really like this episode for Mace. He does a really great job of, of uh, standing by his principles on this one. And, and that's what you want to see from your Jedi leaders, your Jedi masters, if you will, if, uh, and council members as well. They, they should be the ones, you know, Mace should have, maybe if Mace had more of a firm hand on, 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 in the training of, of Anakin Skywalker, he could have kept him from the dark side, though. The, Anakin's fall is, is 
pretty much inevitable, and and every Jedi probably has a little part to do with that. Um, but yeah, you know, you, you, this is a good episode for Anakin to learn from, and and uh, again, I just really appreciate Mace being being the man, the principal Jedi leader that we all want him to be in this episode. Now, so the episode moves pretty darn quickly. You know, they drop the bomb. Uh, Rex and company are holding off the droids until the bombers arrive. I should uh, sort of mess that up. That's sort of like the tension at the beginning of the episode is they have to wait for the bombers. Uh, we got the early Y-Wings coming in to deliver the bomb. But Rex and the troopers and, and the Doug warriors, they have to hold off these these uh, the droid armies until that happens. So there's some good tension there. And then the bom- bombers arrive. They drop the bomb. You see the shockwave as it begins to knock out, uh, knock off line. All the the droid army members, the all the different battle droids, all the different tanks, everything else, it's it's um it's also it's almost like an EM pulse, an electromagnetic pulse. It just sort of renders them all uh, completely inactive, you know, knocks them all offline. Uh, but the bomb causes a massive, massive sinkhole, and it takes down some clone troopers into the hole. That I think some Dugs also go with them. So I want to go ahead. Let's play the sequence where. Uh, Mace and Rex and and the Doja are are talking with Palpatine via hologram about the sort of the aftermath of dropping the bomb. Let's check it out. The droid army was completely neutralized by the bomb, but the blast created a sinkhole which engulfed many of our troopers. We have search parties looking for them now. And the Dugs? Have they signed the treaty? No, Chancellor. The treaty must be passed by the Council. We need that treaty signed so we can gain access to the fuel reserves here on Malastare. Without it, our armies shall be vulnerable. I will do my best. Alright, so that's that's sort of the key component for this episode that we hadn't talked about yet, was not only is this fuel needed on Malastare for the Republic, but there has to be a treaty in place to get it. There, there's far more political ramifications, which is why Palpatine was so eager to uh, get this weapon get this battle over with because they need the Dugs on their side uh, if they're going to have fuel for all the Republic, for the Republic war machine at this point. So at this point in the episode, Anakin is is put in charge of, of being with the Doge and, and making sure that this treaty comes to fruition, uh, that the Republic will get what they are after as far as the Malastare fuel reserves. And Mace Windu's gone into the sinkhole. He's, here, he's, he's there to help uh, find the missing clone troopers. And uh, while in the sinkhole, he, he, he notices a lot of uh, interesting markings on the wall, uh, indicating that you know maybe some of the clone troopers are in a bit of distress at this point. Um, but we don't know that they're in outright danger, but you definitely get a feeling of like a looming presence, of a looming threat against them in the sinkhole, kind of cut off from the rest of the army. Uh, let's check in with Anakin. Anakin, not the most diplomatic person that we know, uh, but he is there to remind the Doge that, uh, hey... We need that gas, buddy. We got ships to fuel up. Let's go. Check it out. We've got what we We are on a very tight timeline here. How long do you think it'll take to get the treaty ratified? We are waiting for two more members of the council to arrive. They will sign the treaty. We appreciate your cooperation. Without your fuel, our offensive will grind to a halt. This is the beginning of a great alliance. All right, so the more time we spend with the Doge, I, I'm I'm curious if you all feel the same way uh, about him as I as I seem like picking up this this sort of untrustworthy vibe from him. You know, you almost sort of catch him say like, "We kind of got what we wanted. The 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 separatist army has been defeated." 
you know, and you know, maybe we'll give them this as maybe we won't at this point because we already got what we wanted. It doesn't really matter to us anymore. That sort of seems to be what's going on. And then, uh, as the Zilla Beast will will eventually make his arrival in the episode, you, we all of that gets threatened again uh, because the way the the way that Mace Windu in particular wants to handle the Zillow Beast and not just simply annihilate another living creature who hasn't really done anything wrong, and and again a creature who is about to be extinct if if the story of the Doge tells is to be believed. So, it, you know, we don't have a ton of experience with the Dugs other than, than you know, Sebulba in, in episode one and then throughout the Clone Wars episodes. And, again, I don't want to say that the Dugs overall are an untrustworthy species. I don't think we've seen enough information uh, to, to make that claim. But it is something that you know you kind of you kind of pick up some vibes, and, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But how do you all feel about the Dugs? Let me know what you think. Very curious. Let's check it back in with with Mace Windu in a few minutes here and uh, see what he finds in that sinkhole. What happened down here, Trooper? General, there's something down here with us, and it's not Seppi's. Calm yourself, soldier. We'll check it out. Mace goes to investigate. And yeah, we're gonna keep this plane just a little bit longer because we're about to get the rise of the Zillow Beast. Skywalker, something strange is going on. I think you should come down here. I'm on my way. R2, start up my fighter. If you'll excuse me. All right, now Mason's clones are walking along a very interesting looking uh, surface. Sir, there's nothing around here but rocks and debris. I have a bad feeling about this. There it is. So our Zillow Beast has made his debut. He's announced his presence. Uh, Mace and the clones are walking along his back. Again, I th- you feel like they would have noticed that surface. It's very interesting that they are walking on it. Uh, and what we notice right away as the clones open fire on the Beast is it does not phase the Zillow Beast at all. Not one iota. And we will see very, very quickly that the Zillow Beast is also impervious to lightsaber blade damage. That might come in handy. That might be something that the Republic would have an interest in, don't you think? Especially that guy who's running the Republic, Chancellor Palpatine, a.k.a. Darth Sidious. <gasps> Spoilers. So a really great action piece happens. Uh, Anakin arrives in his Jedi Starfighter with R2-D2. They begin uh, to... They, they've sort of provided a diversion for Mace and the clones to make their way out of the sinkhole uh, via, via a troop transport. Uh... This is where we get the, the lightsaber realization as Anakin attempts to do some damage to the Zillow Beast after it's knocked his Jedi Starfighter out of the sky. Uh, we get a great action sequence. Again, Anakin running up the Zillow Beast. Again, still thinks he can do something, but he's, he finds out that there, there is nothing he can do against the Zillow Beast. And uh, a really unique exit strategy occurs for Anakin and R2 as, uh, as Anakin hops on board R2-D2, who uses his little... Uh, rocket packs to get them out of the sinkhole and out of the danger of the Zillow Beast, and uh, it's I again it's an amusing way to see a, a, you know the great Jedi warrior Anakin Skywalker uh, get safe get to safety on on top of his astromech droid. Amuse it amused me quite a bit. That thing, it is a Zillow Beast. They once roamed Malastare, devouring our ancestors. 
When the dogs first started harvesting the fuel in the planet's core, they were killed off. They are supposed to be extinct. Apparently, they're not. Alright, so at this point, the dugs begin to launch an attack against the Zilla Beast. They have these, uh, I don't even, they're like almost like an inverse catapult. They just are dropping, st dropping weapons down the sinkhole in an effort to, to, just to kill the Zillow Beast. This is part of their, uh, strategy to, to get rid of him. And, uh, now it's time for Mace to get, you know, like we talked about earlier, time to, time to get on those principles of his. And, yeah, we're gonna play that sequence right now. Before I queue it up, though, I'm about to play it in just a sec. But uh, this is, again, we sort of see like the, the, the untrustworthiness of, of the Dugs. They seem to have a plan. They seem to know a lot about the Zilla Beast. As, as Mace and Anakin are making their way uh, uh, to the Doge's tent, the, he quickly removes this, this old, uh, like almost like a tapestry uh, that seems to show how exactly uh, their ancestors would fight a Zilla Beast back in the day. But they're not willing to disclose this stuff with the Jedi or with members of the Republic. But let's go ahead and hear, uh, let's hear Mace do his thing. His weakness. There goes the tapestry. What's going on out there? It is an internal matter, none of your concern. Your men are killing a unique life form. It is a dangerous, bloodthirsty monster. Did you forget that it tried to kill you? It was under attack. It had lived peacefully below the surface for all these years. Until you unleashed it with your bomb. We dropped that bomb to save your planet, at your request. To save our fuel for you to buy. If you want us to sign your treaty, then you must help us destroy the beast. What purpose would it serve to kill it? If it really is the last of its kind. It is our duty. Our ancestors warned us that one would return someday and destroy our entire civilization. Will you help us or not? I respect your traditions and your ancestors, but we cannot allow the destruction of an innocent life form. Then there will be no treaty. Doge's people Windu, the tent. Are you certain this argument is worth it? I mean, after all, it's just one creature. Remember what the Chancellor said. It isn't the creature. It's the principle. Boom. Allowing the Dugs to kill it violates what we stand for as Jedi. But if we choose to defend the creature, we lose all hope of securing a treaty with the Dugs. A lot going on in this one. A lot going on, folks. Ooh, the tension. And, and again, uh, you get into like that moral responsibility thing with the Jedi and, again, doing the right thing, protecting this, this uh, life form that was, was slumbering peacefully beneath the surface until the bomb was dropped, until the war came to Malastair. And now the Dugs, uh, again, as a tradition, are now uh, just all uh, bent on destroying it and uh, Mace Windu would not stand idly by and allow that to happen. So Mace decides to report back to Chancellor Palpatine about the Zillow Beast and, and uh, get his hot take on what's going on here. But the, the Chancellor lays it out pretty, pretty clearly that he, they, still need the, they still need to secure the treaty, and that's uh, kind of going to be priority A number one, right? Let's hear, let's, let's hear the scene out. How remarkable. I have never seen anything quite like it. 
I recommend that we transport it off the planet as soon as possible. We can find a place for it to live undisturbed in the Outer Rim. And what do the Dugs have to say on this matter? They want us to help them destroy it. Then by all means help them. This creature is of no importance to us. We cannot be alienating the Dugs at this crucial time. It is not the Jedi way to take an innocent life, especially if it is the last of its kind. So now Dr. Bull is going to weigh in in, a, in an effort to uh, persuade Palpatine that there are uh, significant scientific and military advantages to saving the Zilla Beast. Chancellor Palpatine, I think it would be in our best interest to study this creature. Its outer scales are virtually impenetrable. None of our weapons could harm it. Even my lightsaber couldn't cut it. If we could somehow duplicate that for our ships... An impenetrable armor. So now Anakin's going to weigh in with a, with an idea, a, a plan, a strategy to save the creature. Um, but I'm curious what you what what uh, you fine folks listening think of his plan. Is it is it clever or is it is it devious? Uh, you know he he he's essentially advocating to deceive the Dugs, to trick the Dugs into thinking that they are going to kill the Zillow Beast for them and eliminate the problem. Uh, or is it or is it clever because the Dugs need to be tricked in order to save this creature? Just curious what you all think. Let's hear Anakin lay the plan out now. What if we let the Dugs think we killed it? Then we could have the treaty and the creature. Yes, Anakin. Go on. When I was climbing on the creature, I noticed small gaps between the armor and its scales. Maybe a stun cannon or, or a pulse could penetrate through the skin and short-circuit its nervous system. Like putting it into a deep sleep. He's right. It would appear to be dead. We could transport it to a secure location before it wakes up. Dugs would never know the difference. That may be the only way we shall get this treaty signed and rest Master Windu's conscience. So Mace and Anakin move forward with their plan. They're going to deceive the Dugs. They're going to trick the Dugs and, and render the Zillabies unconscious and somehow take it away for a study. I guess they're going to tell the Dugs it's dead, but we still want to study it, and the Dugs will be like, fine, whatever, get out of here with it. It's all good. I guess that's the bulk of the plan, because the Zilla Beast is not small. So uh, sneaking him away must be... You must be. Uh, you must have a plan in place for that as well. Uh, but as as our Jedi heroes roll out, we find the Dugs are, are uh, hip deep in their plan to kill the Zilla Beast, and they're doing it by using the fuel. The fuel with which the... Republic hopes to to have that treaty signed uh, in order to uh, aid the war efforts, and the Dugs are using it to kill Zillabees. Let's hear let's hear the Doge explain it right now. Our fuel is deadly to the beast. It killed them in the past. It will kill this one now. You're only going to provoke it. You'll drive it out of that hole, and then it'll be harder to deal with. We'll handle it, Jedi. Yeah, they'll handle it, Jedi. Oh, those Dugs. Those Dugs. Such contempt in their voices when they address Mace Windu. So between the fuel and the, the, the bombing of the Zilla Beast, Mace is... Oh, he's so... He's so torn. and not, He's not torn. I take it back. He's not torn. He's upset. He's like seeing this creature suffer. And that's exactly what the Dugs are doing. They're making this creature suffer. They're angering the creature. And Mace has had about enough of it. Let's hear it. Order them to stop. What? What do you mean, stop? Ah! 
I said order them to stop all wise. We are innocent life forms too, are we not? <laughs> So the Doug thinks they have they thinks they they think they have Mace and the other Jedi Anakin Skywalker over a barrel there with that claim and that is when the Zillow Beast rises from the sinkhole and is not very happy at all and uh, listen it's the, so the, the Republic is going to get a chance to make their plan happen try to try to knock the beast out make him uncon make it unconscious and. Uh, it's not going well either. It's taking a long time to knock that creature out. And uh, listen, there's a lot going on, and a lot of danger. A lot of a uh, lot of uh, clones in trouble. Doug's in trouble. It's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. The scene is really great. It's a great sequence. Once the beast is out, and the Republic tanks are trying to use those those uh, those pulse blasts to to render the Zilla beast unconscious. Again, a, a, another great homage uh, to. Godzilla to Mothra to, to all the monster movies of of of, of their time, um, it, and the scale is is the important part and you know, not no pun intended there but you know the Zilla beast size the tanks down on the ground the lights sort of shooting around them as they're trying to to hit the beast in order to wear him down and and wear it down and and render it knock it unconscious, but it, it's very again reminiscent of of a lot of those, those you know kaiju monster movies. Where you had those like the spotlights zigging around, but this time it's it's a it's a laser blast designed to render the beast unconscious. Eventually, it works. It takes some time, takes some doing, but they seem to have made it happen. Hey, it worked. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. You go first. So apparently, the Dugs think the Zilla Beast is dead. They sign the treaty. They sign the truce. They come to the, the the alliance is made with the Republic, so Palpatine will get his fuel for the war effort. Uh, the Jedi will be able to take the Zilla Beast someplace safe, and and uh, we're gonna hear a little bit of a. There's been a bit of a change in plans, as far as as Mace's thought to take the creature to uh, an uninhabited world in the Outer Rim. No, no, no. Palpatine and Doctor Ball, they have plans. The beast has been loaded onto the transport. Have you selected a planet for relocation? There has been a slight change of plans. The scientific community has reviewed the data on this rather unique creature. They believe it should be further studied in a more controlled environment before it is released into the wild. And where is this controlled environment? On Coruscant. Master Windu, you and General Skywalker shall safely bring the beast here. I don't like this plan at all. <laughs> well, you made the right choice. We get our fuel, you save your creature, and now he'll be safe. Let's hope we can say the same about Coruscant. And we're all thinking, we're all thinking the same thing at this point, right? As we're watching uh, forces lift the, the Zillow Beast, and and you know, there's one question we have to ask ourselves. Just what the heck ship is the Zillow Beast going to fit inside, and who is the lucky crew that gets to deal with that? Because I can only imagine, you'd be on edge if there's a giant Zillow Beast in your cargo hold crammed in there. <laughs> the, the transportation of that beast is something that I find myself insanely curious about, and uh, the idea of, of him, of it 
shoved into a Republic cruiser is um, humorous and uncomfortable all at the same time. Remember Star Trek Four when they put the whales in the Klingon ship? I still don't think that Klingon ship was nearly big enough for two giant humpback whales. But hey, what do I know about uh, about the cargo hold of a uh, Klingon bird of prey? Eh, what are you going to do? I know more about the dimensions of the Millennium Falcon at this point in my life. I find that the priority. But anyways, that is our episode. I It's, it's, it's a solid episode. For, it's a seven, I think. There's enough interesting stuff in here, some moral complexity. Mace Windu taking a principled stand. I love all that stuff. It, that makes it an enjoyable episode. The homage to Godzilla and the monster movies of, of to- Toho Studios and, and, and everything like that. Uh, uh, and again, you can sort of paying... Uh, a great deal of respect to the original Godzilla movies with the sort of atomic age uh, story, the, the, the whole uh, analogy for, for nuclear warfare, the weapons of mass destruction and the consequences therein of them. Uh, so yeah, I like this episode. It's a, it's a seven, but it's a really solid, enjoyable seven. I could even probably be persuaded to give it a seven and a half, but yeah, enjoyable stuff. Seven and a half buckets. Am I doing buckets? I don't even think I've been doing a good job of giving, giving them official, you know, seven and a half buckets. I've, I've been neglectful in that as far as the scoring goes but you know you know where you know hopefully everyone knows what i'm talking about at this point in the show and that is it for this week so we don't have star wars the bad batch to look forward to on fridays bad batch fridays are over and uh, we're sad about it and you know there's a lot of internal discussions with myself about what we will do in the meantime because the plan is still to release two episodes a week mondays and fridays seems like a really fun day to drop you know, some Star Wars content for everybody. You get Mondays, and you have all week to check it out and enjoy it at your at your leisure. And then something on Fridays to kind of roll into the weekend with. Now, since we aren't doing a live show necessarily, uh, well, hopefully I get those, those shows out early in the day on Fridays. You can enjoy those to kind of kick off your week if you're a Monday through Friday person. Or you can save it for the Saturdays if, if, you're, if you're like me and you got to work those weekends. So... Yeah, there, there will definitely be two shows. I don't think it's going to be two Clone Wars shows. I think the Friday show will be something special, something unique, uh, perhaps a character spotlight. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of the books. We'll talk about some of the comic books. Uh, you know, just some other, other uh, parts of Star Wars media out there that, we're, that I'm currently enjoying and I want to share with all you people who are so wonderful and listen to the show and support the show. And you talk about it on, on Twitter and Instagram. And, and, and I'm so, so deeply appreciative of that. Uh, uh, every time I fire up my, my Twitter, uh, I'm always delighted to see people sharing and, and talking about the show and, and hitting me up and letting me know that they're, they're digging it. And, uh, I thank you all so much for doing that because it, it's, it's, it is with that, it, I, this show would not grow without you. Let's put it that way. Uh, and, and I am forever in your debts for doing so. If you're a new listener and you're like, Hey, I do like this podcast. I want to keep you supporting it. Please make sure you're following us on social media at Mando underscore vision, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email the show MandoVisionTom at gmail.com. Please be sure to like subscribe and share the show with all the other Mandalorians in your covert people who you, who you have life debts to people who are in life debts to you. Let them all know if you're on Apple podcasts and you can, you can take the time to do a five-star review. They are the best way to help small independent shows like us stand out, not get lost in the shuffle. I thank you all so much for listening. This is the Mandovision Podcast. My name is Tom. Uh, Old listeners, new listeners, thank you all so much for taking the time to download and continue to support us once again. You are all the best. Take care of each other. Stay safe. Stay strapped into your bucket. It's just it's just easier, especially if you're gonna go to the movie theaters these days. Just keep the bucket on. I think it's I think it's got like an N95 filter built into it. So yeah, you know, do that whole thing. Just stay safe out there. That's the best way to do it. All right, we're going to get out of here. And you know, this podcast can only end one way. This.
is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.